Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. I'm Dainty. And I'm Murphy Durfee. And this, this, this right here, this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Um, okay, so uh, there's, there's a couple different ways I could start this. I could uh, come up with a joke and like say something funny. I could talk about something that happened earlier today or like in the last seed that I played. I could uh, pass it over to one of these guys. <sighs> oh, man, you guys, I don't know how to open this podcast. What is what is the right opening move here? Uh-huh. I mean, segment one in the outline says news. So we could start with the news. <laughs> well, we'll get to the news, but you know, people have come to rely on our famously witty and quick banter that we have here at the beginning of the episodes. Uh, you know, so what are we going to do about that? I mean, we could almost mix it up a little bit. I feel like starting with the news is such a standard opening. Do we really want to keep doing that all the time? I mean, I'm open to suggestions. If you guys have any, I just, you know, it's just sometimes it's hard to pick your opening move. Mm-hmm. You know, opening moves are easier uh, with with some clickbait, maybe, you know, or, or a nice meme attached to it. You know, something that's actually funny. Hmm. Actually funny. I, I don't know. I don't know if I follow. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with that concept. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, opening moves. Opening moves is is uh, our feature for today, and a link to the past randomizer. Uh, it's something that's sort of been on the list for a long time. It's just a general sort of good conversation to have. Uh, it's interesting because it's the one time when like everyone's tied. You know, the very beginning of a race, everyone is exactly tied, and then what you do from there is when it all unravels, and you know, in in a lot of cases, probably like uh, <laughs> breaks bad. You know. But yeah, the opening moves, the very first things you do, we're going to talk about some of the options for that when we get into our feature a little bit later on. So looking forward to that. Before we do that, as you guys have uh, so poignantly pointed out, we do have to hit uh, item number one on our fancy Google Word document outline here, and that is segment one, the news. However... Whereas we normally start with the ALTTPR League, um, which we will we will talk about, I'm going to actually reserve that first spot for the Mentor Tournament uh, official announcement. Well, I guess we announced that it was coming back uh, two weeks ago, but as of the release of this episode of the podcast, which is, let's see, that's going to be Wednesday, May 13th, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, we are releasing the official sign-up form for both racers and mentors, and also uh, you know commentators, trackers, and restreamers for the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament. Now, this form will stay open for two weeks, regardless of how many entries we get. Um, I want to I take a brief moment to kind of uh, talk about how we're going to select entrants. Uh, Because it's not necessarily a first-come, first-serve kind of thing. As long as you get in in these two weeks, there's a very good chance you'll be able to participate. I just want to outline situations in which somebody might apply to be a racer and not be able to participate. In other words, we kind of like rule them out. Um, So uh, I feel like I've been talking for a while. Does one of y'all want to talk about a way that someone might apply as a racer and we would have to ask them to maybe take on another role? Yeah, if I mean if you apply and you to be a racer and you have very notable skill or it doesn't even have to be very notable, 
but potentially notable where um, you could be considered an upper tier runner. We probably will advise you to not be a runner in this, and that sounds really, I guess, rude in a way. But what we're going for here, going for here, is we just really want the newest, greenest runners we can get. And that we don't say that because we don't want you to apply. If you think there are ways you can uh, benefit from working with other mentors, uh, whether they be your same skill level or better, then uh, we definitely want to encourage that. But at the same time, we are going to have to kind of, you know, it, it's a weird balancing act that we're going to kind of have to go through. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not that we want to gate anybody, but at the same time, we don't want to just say, hey, come on in, we're having another tournament. And then all of a sudden, you know, the top eight bracket, if we went into that. The usual that, suspects. Yeah, you are, know, and yeah. we, we don't, we want to, not that we don't want them here, but we want to help these newer runners and get them, you know, uh, more so associated with the competitive scene and then see those names show up in the main tournaments down the line. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think another important thing that we were talking about, as Dante has already alluded to, the main goal for us is to have an even or as even as possible playing field, I want to call it. So... It really, that's also why the applications being open for two weeks, I think is a very important thing because we really need to look at the applications as a whole. If we get like 95% new people who aren't super great at Rando and then we get 5% people who are like considerably better or have played a lot more, we're probably going to have to, you know, cut some people because then it'll just be, as you guys were saying, the usual suspects and it's kind of like a foregone conclusion who gets to advance and who doesn't and stuff like that. But if we happen to get a good mix of like 50-50 or something, then it looks a little bit different because then we can still make sure that we get like a competitive, you know, brackets and all that kind of stuff and that not only the usual suspects advance. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I should say, and maybe I should have started with this, but like if you are even somewhat interested in doing this, and even if you're not sure, if you think you might be too good, still please definitely apply. Um, you know, the worst that'll happen is we'll just say, we're really sorry. You know, you might be a little, I mean, it's actually, it's kind of probably the best rejection you'll ever get, right? It's like, well, you're actually a little too good to be in this tournament. Would you mm-hmm. mind maybe helping out as a mentor is probably what we'll say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you say no to that, that's honestly okay <laughs> uh you know we, we want to encourage as many mentors as possible but um you know we also do understand that just because you're a good runner may you may not be the best teacher as well and uh that that's kind of a you know but if you have something to offer obviously we would love for you to be a mentor as well we need as many mentors as possible for this yeah and we do this of course uh, out of fairness for those new players that we do want to uh have participate in this tournament because you know, if they just are getting stomped every single time and it's not even their fault because they're going against people who have played 10 times more than they have, it's not, we're, we're kind of losing that one of the fun elements that we offer with this tournament, which is that, you know, you, you have kind of even competition that you can participate against. So um, I, I hope that doesn't scare people off. We, we still want you to participate and, and certainly to submit your application if you're at all interested. Um, we have had a few people email us uh, and take advantage of that uh, offer that we put out in the last episode, and we've got their spots reserved. So thank you to all of you who have done that. Um, the one other thing I wanted to say about membership, and then I, I guess I'll, I'll, let, I'll let the rules document say the rest of it, which you can get in this uh, episode description. Um, but the last thing I'll say is um, 
there is a chance that you know we do have to open it up to uh, more skilled players, and we would actually need those applications if, say, we're at like thirty total runners. You know, because then it's like, okay, well, if we can just get two more people, then like we're ready to rock and roll. So, the, I, just to say that numbers could also factor into our decision making process. We already know we want to keep it at a multiple of sixteen. So whether that's thirty two, forty eight, or we did say we'll cap it at sixty four. Um, we, we want to get to one of those numbers. So that could affect our decision as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, like I said, we'll just check out the rules document that we'll publish along with this. Um, today is Friday the 8th. We've already started on the first draft of it, um, you know, with the admins and all that. So uh, check that out. Of course, join our Discord. That's probably going to be the best place to communicate about it. We'll set up a whole bunch of new channels for mentor tournament specific chatter. So uh, join us for that. And uh, yeah, we're super excited. Uh, looking forward to kicking that off. And one last quick thing that I want to mention here. I might be completely off base, but uh, I, I just want to say that it's probably not going to be as crazy as the league or the spoiler tournament sign up. So don't worry. It's going to be fine. Just send in your application, even if it's an hour or a day or a week <laughs> later. Don't go crazy over it. We're not going to fill up in like exactly. 30 seconds. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, speaking of the league, let's do a quick ALTTPR league check-in. Uh, and of course, for that, we will go to our correspondent in the field, Dante. Dante, uh, how are things going with the league? I'm Dante, your eye in the sky. No, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> things are going really well. Um, <clears throat> out of the matches that we have left, uh, spoilers here coming up. So here's your yep. here's your warning. Um, in this week, we are in the conference semifinals. So there are four teams left in each conference, eight left for the entire league, except for uh, two that did get eliminated already. There were two sweeps, Team Kappa 3-0'd CLW and kind of rando retired 3-0'd Clown Parade. So those two are going to be facing off next week, uh, the week of this podcast, rather. Um, Mm -hmm. airing, uh, and, uh, right now as it stands, uh, will give an interview if we win. Um, I, I tried to think of a way to say all those letters as a word, but it didn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they are currently down one to two against the Fendrana drifters. Uh, and I think game four is tomorrow or Saturday morning. So by the time this comes out, you know, that'll be Tuesday temp's job. And, uh, Team Awesome is currently up 2-1 on last locationers, so that'll be updated probably as well. And we're looking really we're really looking forward to wrapping this thing up, you know, as as a moderator, I'm ready for it to to be done because I'm out and <laughs> that that's my check-in. Yeah. Um but no other uh, jokes aside, this has been going really good. We've had a lot of great matches. Um I I have to plug this just because if you did not get to see Sailor Net versus Jet 082 um, in the game five that decided the outcome of that. That was one of the most exciting uh, Ganon's Tower climbs in recent history uh, for me. And to be on the call for it was pretty awesome. So that's that's definitely a match that's on my must watch uh, out of all these. But there's been a lot of really close matches. That's very cool. Yeah. And you included a little soundtrack video along with that. Um how did you imagine that sort of fitting into all of this? Just, you know, we had we had a chance. You know, we were tied 
two to two. We we had a, a hope and a prayer. As I'm gonna the, I'm gonna start fading it in right here as I the think. Titans mitts, and uh, we we watch that that hope and and dream slip away as the cane of Samaria is always seeming to be Sailor Nep's uh, Achilles heel, but <laughs> there's always next year. <laughs> <laughs> This is a, this serves as a nice bridge from our last episode, where we had nice listening parties. Hopefully, y'all yes. are listening to it along with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's truly man! Majestic. Wow. Cool. Okay, I guess I'm gonna fade this out. Now. Yeah, you can fade <laughs> that out. Show to do. <laughs> oh my All gosh! Right. All right. Goodbye and thank you. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, well, congrats to you uh, and and your team, the Titans Mitts, for making it as, as far as you did. As, as you look at the team makeup and, and read the names of some of these people on these teams that are left, it's it's some pretty serious business. It's like I look at the, um, you know, the race results in the Discord as they come in every so often and just seeing the matchups, you know, it's kind of a bad way to do it, honestly, because I always see who won and by how much immediately yeah. that way. But just seeing some of these names of people going up against each other, like Ack versus Jet, you know, like a, a repeat of, of the you know last main tournament. It's like, whoa, that's that's uh, that's the Titans going against each other right there, you know. So yeah, and that's basically um, quarterfinals of the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not even to the end exactly. So, um, but yeah, we will uh, hopefully be able to drum up a, a link to that match that you called, um, so we can share that with everybody. That was that was pretty intense. Um, cool. Okay. Any final thoughts about the league? It's going Boop-a-boom. good. Let's let it in soon, TM. <laughs> this this feels right, honestly. Um, you know how long the season has lasted. I don't think it's overstated. It's welcome at all. I think it's it's been a good uh good good length to the season. I would say. Yeah, I'll agree to that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I just wanted to bring this uh, in front of you. I actually learned about this last night and kind of slapped it into our outlines. We could talk about it here. Uh, I think, Herf, you said you've played the game Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, right? I have. Yeah, I have. Okay. Dante, have you? I have not. Okay. I have not either. So, Herf, you'll probably be able to uh, kind of be our front man on this. But uh, there was just added a new DLC to this game um, on Thursday, May 7th, 2020. Mm-hmm. A version, I guess it was initially supposed to be like a roguelike mode of this game, which if those of you who aren't familiar, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night came out in 2019. It's sort of like a Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, like tribute, send up, very much in that style. There was going to be a roguelike setting, and they ended up scrapping that and changing it and releasing an official randomizer setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about some of the ways that the game is randomized, but... Uh, uh, Herf, when when you look at this, uh, can you kind of explain how this uh, acts as a randomizer to the game? Well, so I'm uh, I don't really know how to start this. First of all, this is uh, a side-scrolling Castlevania, like as you said, in the vein of mm-hmm. Symphony of the Night. I would say it's made by Iga, the guy who was originally responsible for a lot of the Castlevanias, and. Um, my thought on this is a it's really awesome b it has <clears throat> excuse me it has a ton of options which i think is amazing and i might be completely pulling this out of my butt but i think i kind of have a hunch of why they did it or how they came to this decision mm-hmm. um i know that 
Uh, I know that Realm Scout was kind of involved in the development of this. This was like a, you know, a long kind of arduous development. It was kickstarted and then it took for a long while and yada, yada, yada. But I know that Realm Scout was kind of involved in it. And I know that Rom Scout used to play. Well, first of all, everyone probably knows Rom Scout for his yeah, give Symphony us a, of like the a... Night runs. Mm-hmm. He's a, I, I would call him a Castlevania speedrunner, not exclusively anymore, and I'm not sure if he even does any runs anymore. But he's definitely done some really high profile like GDQ runs, right? Yeah. Okay. D- definitely. So uh, he was kind of involved with that, and I know that I've seen him stream a lot of Dawn of Sorrow randomizers, which is one of the DS Castlevanias. I think the first DS Castlevania, and uh, he also played Symphony of the Night randomizer and a couple other randomizers. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, "Hey, listen, guys, this roguelike idea—it's pretty cool, but what about if we just make this an official randomizer?" And they were like, hey, you know what? That doesn't sound like a bad idea. So here we are. Yeah, that sounds like a very plausible theory. I didn't realize that uh, he was involved in all of this, but it definitely serves as a link, you know, from like the speedrunning community and, uh, you know, the the rise of of randomizers and how that could have made it, you know, to a quote unquote official dev company, you know, in an official release. I mean, um, these guys have a rando now. Next, I mean, next week they're going to have a ladder in, you know, <laughs> a, a league. It sounds like a bunch of posers to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that, and I guess that's why I wanted to talk about it because, you know, A Link to the Past Randomizer was really the first one I was ever made aware of. And from just like general conversation, talking to people seems like kind of the granddad of all the randomizers. Like ALTTPR was the first one to really hit it big. And now others have maybe gone and found even more success since then. But it all seems like it kind of started with ALTTPR. So I just find it kind of notable that now it's coming out as like an official extension of a game, you know, officially endorsed by the developers uh, as, you know, a fun way to kind of rejuvenate the experience of a game. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other times that like, well, I mean, you know, I guess if you were to go back through the archives and look at like, um, you know, shuffle settings, you know, there, there have probably been things like this just not called randomizer. Um, But I I also think that is sort of unique that they're using that exact word and that you can kind of pick different categories and like randomize them. That's very much kind of how the generation for, you know, ALTTPR seeds works too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just think it's notable. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than I I think it's cool. I I like it. You know, I I hope that it uh, continues to kind of herald in more, official like randomizer type products and you know that becomes kind of a little more mainstream yeah i i'd like to see that i mean i'm a little bit torn on that to be honest because i think on the one hand it's really awesome that official developers are recognizing the potential of randomizers on the other hand i'm i well i don't know i always feel kind of safer if stuff like this is in the hands of the community if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Because yeah. usually, you know, we've we've all known developers or games where the developers made like some weird decisions to balance the multiplayer or whatever, and everyone's like, "Have you ever played your own game before? Why are you doing this?" 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've we've discussed that on this very show, the, mm-hmm. the like, you know, Nintendo curse where yeah. they give you everything you never even knew you wanted. And then they just ruin it with one little thing. And it's like there's really nothing you can do about it because it's hard to mod their games as well. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a cool trend, but I hope it doesn't go the way of like some other things that we've seen from developers in the past. But I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely appreciate that, the, you know, that viewpoint. Like, you, you don't want all this to get shut down by any means. Like, exactly. That's, that's obviously worst case scenario, you know. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So I've got another speed round for you guys. Just like little things I've picked up, um, you know, throughout the community that I wanted to share. Each of these should take like maybe a minute or so. So um, first, uh, first one up in the speed round. Uh, the Francophone Tourney, uh, the third edition, is currently underway, um, and we've got the Reddit we can link there. I just wanted to mention that because uh, I know we do have some folks in our community who are following that. If you go through the list of names of everyone participating in that, the challenge, you'll see some, uh, again, very familiar names in the general community, the English-speaking community, I guess I would have to say, even though it seems weird because we all are so international. Uh, but yeah, a lot of familiar names like Bonta, you know, who is who's absolutely killing it as of right now in that tournament. So just wanted to shout out to them, say, uh, you know, good luck to all who are participating in that. Um, uh, specifically, uh, I was actually on the ALTTPR subreddit the other day, and I found there's a Francophone community member named Grink who has published a really handy dungeon access slash completion item cheat sheet sort of thing. Um it really reminded me of like when we did each episode of the dungeons, you know, where we would talk about what you need to get into it and then what you need to full clear it. Um, it's just kind of like a one pager with images kind of showing you different conditional things um, of how to get into dungeons and complete them. And uh, I think it's really handy. If you're newer to the game, it, it could be something good to have like, you know, next to your monitor while you're playing while you're while you play. So uh, I, I will uh, put a link to that in the description. And I just wanted to shout out and say I thought that was really cool. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, I think that cheat sheet is amazing. Yeah, it, it looks great. It's it's very well made, and I know it's been uh, edited a few times from like little things that people caught. Um, so it, so it should be pretty solid in terms of like uh, you know how how accurate it is and all that too. So mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Um, all right. Next up, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Zooter, uh, our you know cousin hobby, I guess. Uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time randomizer. Uh, they are having their sort of like main tournament best of five or best of three, I think, uh, finals right now. You know, it is best of five. Uh, I think they're having matches one and two actually as we record this, which again is Friday the 8th. So I just wanted to mention that because if you're someone like me who has, you know, been meaning to check it out and kind of still hasn't, this is essentially what I would imagine to be is like the best of the best going, you know, going head to head here. So this could be a good time to check it out. I don't know. Uh, I would imagine probably by the time the episode airs that probably the series is over. So if I'm able to link, you know, Twitch or something, I'll I'll throw that in the description. But yeah, maybe uh, maybe this is the time to 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 jump in. So um, have y'all ever sat down and watched a whole Zooter seed before? No, because uh, to me it's too boring to watch. But playing is fun. Um, yeah. I have played n- numerous ones, um, co-op mostly because of how. The game's not that long. It's just that the world is so big and Link moves so slow. You know, it, you want to move faster. I like the fast forward button when I play Zooter. 
Yeah, I'm I'm probably the one guy who has like the edgy uh, hipster opinion where I'm like I I don't like Zooter or I don't like Zoot I should say. I loved it when it came out. I think it's one of the games that aged so terribly that I just can't look at it anymore and especially can't play it anymore. The control scheme is so archaic and horrible. I just I just can't I get of, into it. I kind of agree with you. And you know, I'm, I don't want to turn this into, you know, us talking about that, but it it's one of those it's games where Yeah, yeah, it's speed round, but this is like so good. The game was good when it came out, but like yeah, it just it feels like it aged as as well as like you know a, a bag of bread, mm-hmm. you know it just doesn't it doesn't last but a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about the like remake? Does that do anything for you with the new textures and all that? It was Maybe. it was fun to play. Yeah. I I never had a 3ds, so I never got to check it out. Same, yeah. Uh, see, like I want to defend it because like I played it when I was a kid and I loved it, but I, I know you guys are right. Like those those polygons are are. Uh, Big, we we know. just like Link to the Past, and we, I mean, we just like we like what we like, you know. Yeah. We know we know what's yeah, right. and, and I mean, you you have to admit, I don't think anyone will fight this, but sixteen bit graphics just age a lot better than early three D, without a doubt. Absolutely. Look at the PlayStation. I mean, yeah. the PS One Classic not. looks. Yeah, I I, I bought a <laughs> PS One Classic, and I think I I like jailbroke it or whatever, and then I haven't uh-huh. really done anything with it because it's like, man, these games were. Yes. Mm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's get out of this hot take zone and back into the speed <laughs> round. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to just touch on is the SMZ3R tournament uh, is still ongoing. And as we mentioned before, Dancy is participating. You are still in this thing. Is that correct? Yeah. Somehow I, I went 2 0 in groups, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, basically, I went up against a, a friend of mine, Bressingham, who is very good at. He, he's he's very good at the game for one, and I met him during the first Plando tournament, and uh, I feel bad for the guy. He's still in it, but uh, and he's advanced to the bracket stage. But he he basically gave me the game because uh, he he started running the mother brain before he killed one of the Metroid bosses, and <laughs> gave me oh. extra time. Yeah. So watching the delay catch up, I was like, oh no, oh no. But uh, all that aside, my next match, I play Total. Uh, which I believe is the creator of this crossover, so uh, I, I'm doomed. And we had a good run. <laughs> but yeah, whoever wins that has to play Apathy Duck. But, you know, all the big names from this community, Cross Product, Maximum Barnage, Maniacal, um, Aussie, of course, Andy's in this too, Solsky, can't forget that guy. But uh, all of them still in this. And it's going to be really exciting to be a part of and watch as well. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these later down the line matches when you know the field gets uh thinned out even more yeah i've personally asked dancy to make sure to send me the time of and and day of his next match because i specifically want to sit down and and watch it because that's another thing you know that's uh rando adjacent i've been wanting to do and what better time than you know when my buddies uh in the big leagues so uh, (laughs) i'll definitely be cheering you on and and gl well, well, thanks. I'm I'm gonna need a lot of of luck, and by that I mean I need a really low percent, lots of link to the past stuff. That basically Ooh. I got lucky enough to happen in my first two games. Oh man, I would be very hype if that happens again. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap up this news section with our final little uh, segment here: GMP community updates. Give us that jingle. Jingle. Ooh, yeah. Sounds good. Um. 
Yeah, there's a jingle there, Dante. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> no? No, I, yeah, I knew. I just. You sounded, you were like, jingle. Dante no, was I, just, I just. I was just saying jingle. Like, yeah, I was, he, oh. He's just doing oh. the placeholder for the jingle. <laughs> jingle. <laughs> Giving I, you something else like, to edit. It sounded like a question. I don't know. Uh, okay, so uh, episode 46, we, we cut you a break and gave you that nice, easy open seed, or at least that was the idea anyway. Uh, I played this uh, on Monday. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like this one. <laughs> it, it reminded me that I need to get more comfortable about doing magic powder or fake powder uh, because that ended up being kind of like the linchpin of the entire seed. If you did that, you saved yourself like two trips up the mountain or something ridiculous like that. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, sort of a bummer, but um, it was fun. You know, open seeds always good. I've been doing a lot of ladder matches, too, on top of that. So I feel like I've been playing a lot recently, and uh, my standards are a little higher. So anyway, mm. did you play this one, Dante? I didn't because I clicked on the spoiler channel since we can the host can see all that. And I was like, fake. Pa- the first thing I saw was fake powder. And I'm like, oh. well, I was like, <laughs> well, I'm going to know what to do. So I'm not going to play it. Um, Crap. I, I, need to, I need to maybe mute those channels so yeah. I don't see them. You know, I have to moderate because if somebody gets out of hand in there, I gotta make sure they, you know, play that nice. That is true. But yeah. Well, actually, honestly, that Herf, that should be your job. You should moderate the spoilers channel. I mean, I have all those channels muted. I mean, Just Herf, that. Herf played. Like, how how did this one go for you, Herf? Uh, I played. What universe are you living in? <laughs> <laughs> he was he, he was trying to do it like a yes and situation, but there was just nowhere to go from that. <laughs> to be fair, if He's I can like, throw I this in here real quickly, I was going to make my comeback to Rando today uh, with the 4 p.m. Uh, Ambrosia ladder seat oh. that was going on, but unfortunately, this little recording session kind of We're put a kibosh on that. So it's our fault. It's, of course, of I course. will take personal responsibility for keeping you from this game that you love so dearly. <laughs> my I was comeback typing ruined. Ex- I was... <laughs> I was typing exclamation join and realized, wait a minute, I, I'm still working. <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought about it too. Oh, well, we'll have to get the next one. Yep. Uh, speaking of the next one, Dante, you said you're taking over for episode 47. What are we playing? We're doing an open seed, but it's going to have a spoiler with it. So uh, with the spoiler tournament coming open uh, shortly here later this month, I figured this would be a good time for us to do one of these. And uh, there will be a spoiler log. Just try and mimic what's happening with the spoiler tournament. 15-minute study time and then go. Uh, And, yeah, everything else is obviously the same. Good luck. And hopefully heart containers are on your path. (laughs) (laughs) So 15 minutes to look over it and put together a plan for yourself and then just fire it up and go. Yeah. I've been practicing some of these. Uh, Did a little mini community race uh myself uh drunk future self and the daddy gamers did one i think it was monday night tuesday mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know days are running together it was yeah monday um and it was a good time but like that seed wasn't the worst but it did require a couple of like crazy double dips and you know whenever i do a spoiler seed the first thing i think of is man who would have thought to do this like the god route on this is ridiculous yeah mm-hmm. so you know uh, but but uh, I don't know. It's a really good way to learn. Like if you're scared of just playing stupid hard anonymizer modes, this is a really good way of getting used to low percent. And you know how long or how long before you find a sword? When's the best time to route it in? How long till you find your master sword or route it in? So 
that's uh you know it's it's a good training tool if anything and kind of gets you used to what these chess names are officially called because I can't tell you how many times in these dungeons I've mixed up the map and the compass chest like mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like well walk to the other side of Eastern Palace we done goof so uh, yeah <laughs> it's a good way to waste time do you feel like 15 minutes uh, is enough time for you to be able to get everything you need or does that feel like you're kind of scrambling I'm me because of my inexperience I'm scrambling. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I, I think there are people in the community that are are good at this, um, uh, and you know, like Zelga Disson, Shady Forest. Mm-hmm. I know they do. You know, they were on the spoilers uh, for the the league team, uh, but you know, I I've seen them do a lot of these. They they participated in a race I did last night and did very well in it. You know, there's there's other names too that I'm I'm not mentioning, and that's just kind of an oversight on my part, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it's tough until you get used to it. It's tough because it's nothing's allowed to be automated and, you know, it's, you plan your route, you do everything manually. Um, and you know, hope you don't forget something or hopefully you route everything in and your rupee situation's good. Uh, or in the case of last night, hope you can do dark aga if you don't want to farm 500 rupees to get a lamp. So <laughs> yikes. Yikes. Yeah, it, it was a good time. Luckily, the fire rod was available, but um, you do you do that one time with a fire rod. A lot of people really worry about doing dark aga, uh, and it's really not that bad if you have a fire rod. You know, you do it once or twice, and it's like okay, this really isn't as intimidating as I anticipated. But <clears throat> it's definitely not something you want to kind of you don't want to do that as your first play. <laughs> mm. I think another nice thing about a spoiler sheet is it's guaranteed to not be like a two and a half hour commitment. You know, I guess unless you get yourself into a really tight, like low percent situation you can't get out of. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that's nice. Uh, so, yeah, give it a shot. Uh, you know, don't be intimidated if you happen to check out the leaderboard before you start. And there's some super, uh, you know, fast times. It's because everyone knows where everything is. And it's it's more of a. Uh, you know, kind of testing your execution first and foremost, but also kind of your strategy of, you know, how you get around the world. So, yeah, let's let's do that. That'll be good. That'll be the episode 47. And I'll make Dante Janet too. And so last time we did this, last time we did this, people didn't use the spoiler. They were like, wait a minute, I was supposed to use the spoiler? Yes, mm. use the spoiler. Yeah, no, and the if other, you don't, I mean, I, I guess that's fine. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to use it, that's fine. But on the other end of the spectrum, we kind of got to go by the honor system here since we don't have, like, a unified starting time or anything. So, you know, use the spoiler, use it for 15 minutes, but don't just have it pulled up on the other monitor for your whole seed and just, you know, go by that because that will be kind of missing the point. Is that not allowed in a no, spoiler no, that, log? No, that is allowed. You're That's allowed. Fine. Yeah, you're allowed to keep the spoiler open. It's, oh, really? You, yeah, you plan your route, and like basically the way I'll do it is, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but you like copy and paste everything over, um, and you know I kind of put it in the order I want to do, and I just kind of like put a line break when I'm saving and quitting. So at that point, you know, hopefully you, you kind of have to plan the route, but most of the times I have a hard enough time finding where the items are and thinking about what order to get them in. And then like I'm at minute 14 and I'm like, well, I got to kind of reset my tracker now because I was marking things and I got 60 seconds to get ready to hit start on the game. So I guess I'm playing with three hearts and hoping a boss heart containers <laughs> along the way. So that, that's how it works for me usually. But, um, but yeah, you're allowed to have it up. It's just, obviously you're going to be slower if you are trying to play low percent and, uh, you know, searching a spoiler at the same time. Huh, right. Yeah. 
No, right, well, makes okay. sense. All right. Well, that will be our seed. And uh, I guess that wraps up our community updates as well as the news in general. So you know what that means, guys. It's time to start on our feature. Are you ready to embark on this magical journey? Yeah, let's open Pandora's box here. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's save and quit real quick. Uh, or No, it wouldn't be a save and quit. Let's go ahead and, and open up the ROM. Uh, get our get our names put in. Get a funny joke in those twelve characters there. Uh, and three, two, GLHF. All right. So today we're going to talk about opening routes, uh, mostly with open mode. Uh, that's going to be kind of the focus. But uh, Dante also has been kind enough to uh, provide a little bit of insight into opening routes that are common in some of the other modes that uh you know herf and i don't don't play as often um but i wanted to talk about this uh and i and i have kind of for for a while ever since you know the early stages of kind of thinking about what this podcast would be about because it's a topic that has always struck me as like there's really no exact right answer and it could completely change the flow of of an entire seed sometimes it doesn't right like it's we're gonna we're all gonna go to all the places in the light world until we find our dark world access and then the seed kind of opens up from there and that's really more of the kind of differentiator between two people in a race but uh where you start and how you start it's it's since there's so much that's unknown already about the seed you really could make a good argument for a number of, of different plays and uh our goal here is to kind of talk about at least as of right now, you know, as of May 2020, kind of what the most popular approaches are, why people like them, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, our personal feelings about what we like to do and what makes sense and all that good stuff. So uh, with that, um, are you guys ready to dive into this? Let's yeah. Do it. All right. So uh, I first wanted to start with kind of the you know background of like the evolution of openings in the Link to the Past randomizer because when this game first uh, was you know popularized and and you know started to get kind of a community around it, it, it was always standard. The beginning was always standard, so you would go through escape uh, and then end at sanctuary, and then then you know essentially things opened up and you started looking around. Uh, so there wasn't much of a shift in like opening routes there. It was always sank, and then people would like you know ostensibly go over to lumberjack area and then forest and whatever uh but um i i have a theory that whatever the opening meta is uh whenever you start to get into the game is kind of going to be a default for you going forward and that's not to say that you'll never change because i have changed my own opening route so like even for me that's not like 100 percent true but i do think it serves as like the bedrock of information like a foundation of how you approach the game especially the first several checks that you have to de-learn or like relearn in a different way uh so you know i think it it really can kind of have an impact on the way that you approach the game and the logic so with that i want to turn to you guys and ask you know when you got into the game what was your meta at first in, in as far as like opening routes in open mode yeah so as you were alluding to Start with her. Once I started, uh, or way back in the day when I started, there was nothing but standard. So my opening move was always the same. You know, you just drop Mm -hmm. down into Uncle, do all the same stuff that you're used to in standard. And uh, as you were saying, I I pretty much agree with what you were saying. 
uh, A, what I started with had a huge influence on me, and B, all the stuff that I saw in races from the much better runners than me had another big impact. You know, when I watched a race between two really good guys and I saw, hey, this guy is doing something different than me, I was like, hmm, maybe I should try that. Mm -hmm. So those are probably the two things that really influenced me the most. Obviously, once OpenMo was around, uh, the the different openings that you can do kind of open up a little bit because you're not forced to do the same old thing again. And uh, I, I relatively quickly changed to a sank opening, which we'll get to here in a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Dante? Uh, when I when I started, I mean, I, I started on standard, like my very first seed. So, but you know, open was I think it was V twenty eight. So open was available, and um, when I started playing open, I. I you know, I saw people just kind of on Twitch starting at, uh, at you know, the house and going up to Uncle. And so, I mean, that's what I did. And there's been times where it's like, should I switch and be a Sank router or should I be a dirty Uncle router, um, <laughs> as people like to call them. And I stay on Uncle route because half the time um, I always forget to just press the down button and end up like, you know, missing it anyway and it's like you know what just start at the uncle's place <laughs> it'll you be fun. down button like moving down to sanctuary on the yeah like, i always forget menu. to change it yeah. I, I mean even in in co-ops in the past when it's like you know one partner would be going to the house and i'm supposed to go to sync i always forget to press down so uh you know because i'm starting i'm just like spamming a when it says go or whatever so yeah that's that that's that's kind of why i stick to the uncle route because <laughs> i end up accidentally <laughs> doing it anyway yeah with the mash yeah i can i can definitely see that i also started with the uncle route um when i began which i guess was like late 2017 um or no yeah that's right it late 2017 yeah oh my god that was such a long time ago um <laughs> it's that's crazy to think about but yeah i would always do the same thing go up to uncle you know grab the sign all that stuff that we're about to outline or whatever um and, uh, you know, I started this podcast and uh, Herf and I started talking about it on air and I found out there was this whole like, uh, uh, like a disposition against people who do this, like it's almost <laughs> become kind of like villain or vilified, you know. Uh, so I, I'm just really interested of like how that came up, because the way that people talk about it in the community and the way that you express it is like, it's so obvious. Like why would somebody do that? It's ridiculous. But we saw so many people do that, you know, when, or at least I did when I was getting into it that like, I'm really interested to hear the, like, I, I want to do the pros and cons basically of, of that, of, you know, uncle versus sank, especially. And then also, like I said, talk about some other open rounds. So, um, let's, I guess it's probably as good a time as any to talk about the, the uncle route now, uh, so, um, it's hard to say exactly where we want to stop with each of these. Cause at a, some, a certain point, it's like not really an opening route anymore. Now it's just playing the game. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so I guess we'll just kind of start from the beginning and then we'll sort of cut when we feel like is an appropriate time to say like, okay, now I would have like three or four different options depending on what I found, you know? So uncle route, uh, is, uh, assuming that you start at Link's house, you know, whatever you named your character or whatever you will start right there and you start in the house uh and then the very first thing you do of course is you're going to check uh link's chest uh and that's your first item so the idea is you're, we're going to do a, a series of checks and you're going to try to find different items that will allow you to either continue sort of on the route that you're on or determine the next place in the world that you should go to start looking for you know any kind of useful progression 
So for right now, we just checked Link's chest uh, for our first opportunity and things that we're looking for. A weapon, right? So that you could continue on into escape. So a sword is great right here. Uh, a, you know, a hammer, obviously, fire rod, uh, anything that can do damage. Can you guys think of any other items that we're on like high alert looking for as we start Uncle Route? Besides um, weapons, I'm, boots. Yeah. I mean, you know. Boots. You yeah, know, of course, but that, when are you not looking for boots? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I say that only because, like, that's kind of the only time people will regret doing the sink route, is that if, by some chance, you know, there's only, what, three checks you get if you don't get a weapon by starting at the uncle route. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if boots show up there, then it doesn't give you a huge advantage, but depending on when... They go to the house, or, you know, next save and quit, or so on and so forth. Like, it, it gives you a little bit of an advantage, but it's so niche. So, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, you, you mainly want to find a weapon. Yeah. So, so that's our first check. Uh, we come out of the door, and we're going to head straight for the castle. So you take care of those two bushes right there. You run to the screen to the north. Now, in this next screen, there is a sign there. Uh, you're going to want to pick that sign up and uh, you're going to carry it past the first guard that you see. And then as soon as you encounter those two, uh, I think they're blue guards that are that are marching down kind of next you know, shoulder to shoulder. You're going to throw the sign at one of them to kill him and then go back back over to the side where the secret passageway is. You go down that corridor and there's a tree there. You're going to do a tree pull. That's where you just grab the tree and just pull back. Now, because we killed that one guard right there. Uh, we changed our prize pack for the tree pool. The first one gives you nothing, but after you've killed one enemy, it switches to the second one. And what we're looking for here are uh, really, I would say, probably bombs. If you find bombs or any like you know four bombs or anything like that, that that's all great. Uh, you're going to need bombs to be able to potentially do some checks coming up here pretty soon. Um, uh, full magic is kind of neat to get fairies. It's, it could be good knowledge to know, you know, going forward, red rupees could also be, uh, you know, really good to get when you're, you know, brand new starting out to the, to the seed. Um, so those are kind of things we're looking for, for our tree pulls right there. Um, definitely worth it to check that item because, uh, again, there's some things where we really need right now at the very beginning. Um, any thoughts about this before we head down into the passage? I yeah. just want to stress again that you really shouldn't forget to throw that sign at a guard unless you really want to have two smoke puffs from the tree and nothing else. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste of time. And you if that if it turns out that happened, you could, you know, uh, start grabbing bushes and kill the guards, uh, you know, over the hedge, I guess, um, is one way to do that. I mean, it is going to take some time. But yeah. again, you know, if you've committed to doing this, you might as well do it, you know. Uh, that being said, if you like pass the tree completely and don't check it that's not the worst thing in the world because there are some guards that you could probably kill with pots inside the uh secret passageway and then you could come out and do the tree pull at the end um it could potentially be longer because maybe you wanted to actually save and quit instead of walking back out but at least it's an option so yeah the idea is you want to make sure like anytime you throw a rock or a sign uh, to, to make sure they... It does tempered sword damage. That That's the thing. You want to be able to kill something in one hit. And the reason you don't throw it at the red guards that are... The one red guard or two that are, like, in the way at the very beginning is because the sign is not going to kill them. It would take basically two sign hits if you had it to kill those. So you want to try and get past that guy. Um, the one kill will get you that tier one tree pull, which is 
you know, if you get bombs, then that's when things get interesting because then yeah. if you keep farming them, you could go and do escape if you're really comfortable with doing like bombs escape. It's slow, but you know, that's that's kind of the big thing. But Temp was saying, yeah. you know, the tree pull from there, you want to go in that passageway. There's, you know, two item checks here, obviously. There's obviously the chance with the pots you mentioned uh, to kill those guards, but under those pots is guaranteed two magic fills or two like small magic pots as well. And honestly, even if you don't kill the guards, you want to probably grab those just in case, you know, a weapon that requires magic shows up. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point about the uh, that first guard because I, I think we've probably all tried that. I know I definitely have. Be like, why don't people just throw it at this guard right here? He's so... Oh, crap, he didn't die. Oh, no. Oh, no. What do I do? <laughs> so, yeah, good point for sure. Um, now, speaking of going in there, so essentially, I mean, it's pretty simple when you get in there. You've got uh, Uncle uh, that you want to check, see what he's got for you, and then the chest and the drop down. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I definitely would encourage picking up the two small magics. Um, I see some people do it sort of conditionally based on their items that they have. I, I just get them every time. I just figure it's better to have them. It doesn't take too long to get. That's just me personally, though. Um, so you're going to grab these items, and then more likely than not, you're probably going to save and quit here. That That's what you're probably going to do. I look at uh, pretty much all of Rando, but especially opening game, like it's always a, a evolving flow chart, right? Do you guys kind of do this, I wonder? Like... You, you're you're walking up to a chest and you say, okay, if I get, what are the items I could get that would change what I'm going to do right here? Because what I'm going to do oh, is yeah. save and quit. But if yeah. I get blank, then I, I won't do it. You know? So, yeah, you're always kind of, ha- I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys agree. Like, it's always that, like, okay, if it's this, I'm doing this. If not, I'm doing that. You know? So, you're basically that, you're answering that question with a weapon right now. You really want a weapon. Because if you find a weapon, what you're going to do instead is go back out and do escape. Uh, now, I'm, we're not going to go over all of the rooms of escape. We've done that. Go go listen to episode one if you want to hear us <laughs> talk about escape. Uh, or hear some of us talk about escape, I guess. Um, but I will say, uh, once you get to the bottom of escape, you're going to have another one of those flowchart kind of decisions where you need to decide, do I want a death warp and do dark cross and maybe even beyond if I have a key? Or do I want to wait and, you know, go do something else for right now? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's contingent on, it could be a lantern. You know, obviously it's not Dark Cross if you have a lantern. Or Mirror, you know, could make that uh, easier decision for you. But, yeah, just to say, if you are able to do Escape, you kind of have some options from there. But um, we'll move on with this, assuming that you did not find a weapon and you're doing something else. So with that being said, what do, you, do you guys have any kind of comments, thoughts to offer on the Escape leg of this? I'll say that if you are going to do that bomb escape, like let's say the tree pull is the one bomb drop, not the eight or the four. Because yeah. uh, if you get the four or the eight, you're going to max out instantly. If you grab all of them, you'll be at that max of 10. But if you if you have the ones, you're only going to have four. So here's here's my little mini flow chart really quickly. So if okay. I get any weapon, including bombs, I'm probably going to do front of escape right then to avoid having to walk back up here. And even if I don't do dark cross, uh, shout outs to Sir Link a lot there. But if uh, if wait, what's that? What's that all about? He always gives me a hard time because at Speed Gaming Live, the boots are in Dark Cross, and I was like, "Screw it, I'm skipping Dark Cross." Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, continue. Um, so uh, basically, if you get the ones, the thing to remember is okay, you can get that tree pull again. But what you got to do is mm. go to Uncle, 
get your item, like let's say it's not a sword, and you want to go in that little passageway and get the other item. All right, no sword. All I've got is bombs. Do I want to do escape? If the answer is yes, grab the pot, make sure you kill one of the green guards, but only one of them, and then make sure you don't take any damage, exit, do the tree pull again, you'll get four more, and then you'll be at eight. And then you should be, if you've practiced it at all, you should be okay to go ahead and do front of escape with bombs. And yes, it is a little slow, but could, you know, it's it's rando. It could be good for you, could be a waste of time. But you don't know unless awesome. you, you know, actually try it. That's that's kind of the, the, the mini flow chart for me. It's kind of like if bombs are there, most likely I'm going to be doing escape. If it's not bombs, you know, if no weapon shows up, obviously I'm not going to go to the first chest of escape and leave. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, okay, so uh, again, uh, if we go back and assume that um, we did not go to escape, we didn't get bombs on our tree pool, we don't have a weapon, we, we're not wanting to do that right now. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh, the next thing to do is save and quit. And then the only place left to go is, uh, sanctuary. So that's going to be your next spot. It's not the only place. I don't know why I said that, but uh, the next place uh, in an uncle start, I would say after you check uncle is going to be to go to sanctuary. Would you guys agree with that? I disagree. You do? Yes. Where do you go next? Uh, you start at Link's house, go south of Grove, farm some bombs if you have to, and then start doing Kakariko and Lost Woods. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right, so now we have a little bit of a, a split, kind of in in opening routes. And this is so where I guess that's kind of the end of Uncle. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. no longer an opening route at this point. You're playing the game. <laughs> yeah, so, I would okay. agree with that. I would agree. That's with that. fair. Okay, uh, okay, fair enough. All right, so that's Uncle route. Um, so I guess now is as good a time as any, Herf, if you want to tell us, uh, you know, what what it is that you hate so much about about this opening Uncle route. I mean, it's just dirty. It's old. It's dirty. Only you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really. I think at this point, it's it's probably just more of a meme than an actual yeah. dislike of the opening route through Uncle. It's just uh, in the past. It, it it's kind of. I don't really know how to explain it. It's been kind of getting a bad rep because it's just the you know the opening that evolved out of standard and that everyone did for a while. And uh, now, more often than not, people are happy or glad that they get more choices for opening up just to make it a little more interesting. And so your first, like, six minutes of the seat aren't always the same over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then out of that, the dislike for the Uncle route kind of evolved because people kept doing it, but you did, like, a sank opening or whatever your opening is, and people get rewarded for Uncle routing, and then it just kind of starts building, you know, this unreasonable hatred for the Uncle route, I want to call it. Mm. Yeah, I have. I I wonder also if it has something to do with the fact that it it's so similar to a standard uh, opening, you know, just going through escape or whatever, mm-hmm. that it's seen as being like basic, you know, for that reason. Like, why would you do that when we were being forced to do that for so long? Yeah, I guess it's a little bit of that. I don't really think people are looking down on the people that do the uncle route so much, and more as in. Oh man, someone got rewarded for that same old opening again. Why does that keep happening? Sort of deal. I see. That's, that's a, so it's more of a disdain for those who do it rather than like a, <laughs> a belief that it's not as good. Yeah, you're not yeah, breaking I, the I would mold. Say so. Huh. Interesting. All right, Dante, here's your chance to weigh in before we move on. I'd, I'd like Uncle Route because it gives me more chance to get bombs, more chance to get rupees, and more chance to get progression before I have to 
make that sanctuary to Lost Woods play. (laughs) (laughs) I I started with Uncle Route, like I said. I actually have not done it in a pretty long time. I kind of moved to a a different one that we'll, I assume, talk about here real soon. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. One of the problems with me is if I don't make a point of doing Uncle soon, sometimes I forget Secret Passageway. Or even like all of Escape and like you know Escape and Secret Passageway, I can put that off way too long if I don't knock it out quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I was just I'm really interested to hear the uh, the why yeah. why it gets such a bad rap, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm not, I'm not sure if you want to talk about this right now or if you want to save it for a little bit later. But I think at this point in time of like at this point in the rando history or whatever mm-hmm. or in the meta whatever you want to call it, it also it, it's kind of a bit of a meta game or a mind game where you don't you know you don't sit down and you play like usually let's say you're playing a 1v1 if it's a big race it's obviously different if it's a big race with like 20 people you're just going to choose the opening that you feel most comfortable with Mm -hmm. but if you're playing 1v1 and you've studied your opponent a little bit you'll probably kind of decide at least a little bit depending on what you know your opponent usually does <clears throat> let's say you know that your opponent is someone who always does uncle route mm-hmm. and you're someone who never does uncle route you probably don't want to put off the uncle stuff for a whole long time you know you don't want to be like two hours into the seat and then go oh i guess i'll check uncle now and yeah. then find out that it had like your go mode item two hours ago yeah <clears throat> so I, I think that really kind of influences your decision on how to open as well absolutely yeah there's there's a a second layer almost across like once you are familiar with all of the most uh you know widely accepted and used opening routes you kind of have them at your disposal now as sort of like counter picks almost like like herf is saying where if you know somebody does something you can either be sure to make a point to also do it so that you know you don't get left behind or do you know do something else so that maybe you can get a different progression of items that uh you know at the very least you know that you have some chance of like the rando helping you out instead of beating them purely on execution kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah um cool okay let's talk about our next route that we have listed on our outline and uh, i'll let i'll let dante kick this one off this is a sank route starting right at sanctuary yeah so start at sink obviously you're gonna want to walk up don't forget to do that make sure you check the sanctuary chest i mean sometimes it's a map or a key and it's useless because i say it's useless but it is at that point um until you go to escape but uh you want to leave there um you have a couple options here this 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 route allows maybe for the most uh i guess diverse uh, um, amount of options when you start so if you want that tree pull um similar to like with uncle route what you're going to want to do is after you go left uh a screen um you know you go out of sync and then you want to go west you're going to want to go upwards like you're headed towards the death mountain entrance uh cave or the you know lumberjack cave area so what's going to happen here is uh there is a sign and uh a pickle as as people like to call them uh, just kind of chilling there, and you want to make sure you pick the sign up, hit the pickle, kill it. There's your one enemy kill, and the tree right above that, the uh, next screen up, you're going to want to do the pull on that, and you can get your tier one, same exact scenario uh, as you would for Hyrule Castle. And uh, the benefit of this is if you do this, uh, inside the next thing of bushes going upwards, there is a bush crab, 
and those are randomized and you know consistent throughout an entire seed so you could always you know pick the bush off of the top of the bush crab and whatever items he's throwing out that is you know another thing you could farm whether it be bombs money or you know complete garbage so that's that's always a nice thing to find there if you really want to check lumberjack you can here that's a good time to do it kind of get that off your mind like is aga going to be required for an item you know you could go ahead and get that idea it's to me checking it it's so situational um a lot of times like if you if you go in there and see the book or the mushroom that's kind of going to just like weigh on your mind or the shovel like the whole time it's like am i supposed to get that (laughs) so have the time it's like if i don't know i don't have to worry about it yet uh when i get boots that's when i really am like okay i you know i need to unless i'm in go mode now i really probably should check lumberjack because now it's in logic um, mm-hmm. From there, you'd want to do Lost Woods. If you got something nice from that bush crab going south into Lost Woods, uh, or rather you go west into it and you're going to have to go south to get those two checks, uh, the drop down and the mushroom spot, there's another bush crab that you could farm there. And again, it will be the same item as the bush crab before. Just make sure, you know, if it's good, you get the second one, you know, in, in Lost Woods. But if it's garbage, don't waste your time uh, picking that up. And then from there, you do your two Lost Woods checks. So this is kind of where we're going to have, like, another fork in the road. Um, Did you get bombs along the way? Because if you did, you could go ahead and start doing Kakariko and not have to worry too much uh, about leaving things, say, in Blind's Hut or the Well or Chicken Hut. Uh, A lot of times what you'll see runners do here, if there are no bombs uh, in this scenario, you will see them, after they get the item in the drop-down of Lost Woods, they'll save and quit. And from that save and quit, you can start back at Link's house, check that chest if you haven't. And Herf mentioned this earlier, you know, this sounds very familiar probably at this point. Head to the west, to the grove area, get you some bombs. Uh, You know, the 50-50 bushes, you want to farm those to get at least maybe two. And that way you can always guarantee it. At two, you can guarantee I can get race game if I need it. And then I can use the one to open up that little building at the very uh, southwest portion of Kakariko, and you can farm four every time you enter that building. But you got to mm-hmm. have one to open it. So you'll see a lot of runners do that, especially that whole like save and quit deal uh, up there. And that way you don't really hedge too many like gambles going into Kakariko as far as, you know, am I going to find bombs in the first four chests of Blind Tut so I can blow open the back? I really hope so, and then you don't. Mm. <laughs> so then you got a bunch of screen transitions and... Uh, keep in mind, like every time you go downstairs, uh, like for Blinds Hut or in dungeons, mm-hmm. I think that's something like four to five seconds. Like just the transition alone wow. for the stairs is that long. So, you know, the, the, you'll bleed time away the more times you go up and down those stairs for sure. Wow. That's that's huge when you put it that way. That's another thing to add on to that. You know, when when you get to that stop point that Dante mentioned with the second item in the Lost Woods, if you do decide that you want to, you know, roll the dice and try to bank on finding some bombs in Kakariko, uh, you're going to have a better chance of saving yourself some time if you drop down into the well and check that one first, as opposed to what I think most people might be more inclined to do first just based on being nearer which is blind's hut 
uh, when you do that, as Dante said, you have to walk down the steps and then check those four, and then you have a, a wall to bomb. So if you don't get one within those four, you've already committed to walking back up the steps and then back down later to bomb and then back up, and that's going to be a lot slower than, say, going to the well. And then there's uh, three chests you can check right there, and then, or sorry, four chests you can check right there, and then maybe bomb that wall uh, and, and you know go through. But you don't have as many screens that you have to go through for that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but Dante, that was a good uh, recap. The only other things I would add is... Uh, I, I just want to cut in here real quickly. Yeah. Uh, there's one other scenario that I can think of, which is uh, you do the whole sand crowd that Dante just explained, and you might not have any bombs, but you might have enough money to buy bombs. Yes. And yes. even though the routing is kind of funky because you'll have to go down or south into Kakariko and then you have to walk all the way south to the bomb shop and buy some bombs and then you got to walk all the way back up north to Blindside and the well drop. So it's, you know, it's kind of a... You, you, I guess you kind of got to wait for yourself. Is it going to be faster to save and quit start at Link's house and farm a bomb or two or just, you know, go straight from the south in there, buy some bombs in the shop and then wrap up Kakariko from the south? Or do you want to save the time that it takes to save and quit and then start up again at Link's house and all that stuff and just walk straight south and do all that stuff in one go? Yeah. So the whole thing basically is a bomb gamble. So here, here are the places you can definitely get a bomb. Uh, the grove, um, the south of the grove, there's those uh, bushes that are shaped like an arrow. Like Dante was saying, the uh, there's two of them in the middle four that have a 50% chance of giving you a bomb or not. So between the two of them, you have a 75% chance of finding one bomb, which should be good enough. Again, you know, there's the caveat with the uh, race game where it's better to have two because if you needed to go in there, you could get it. Uh, but, you know, you have a 75% chance there. And the good news is even if you don't get it, you can leave the screen, come right back, try again. You will get a bomb before before too long. So that that I would consider that guaranteed bomb. You say that, Other and <laughs> you'll see people lose that coin flip. And maybe I'm speaking from experience, but you'll see people lose mm. that coin flip like eight out of eight times. And it's like, it feels terrible, but... Keep you know you want to when when Tim says leave the screen you want to make sure you leave the screen to the north like you're gonna go talk to the like dig up the flute spot or whatever in the mm -hmm. vanilla game because you'll be right there you don't have to like walk past guards and walk way out of your way you just want to go straight up come right back down and then there's you know just pick the bushes up and if, once you know your which bushes you're looking for you know get your bombs and leave or okay I didn't get any bombs go back north do it again and it feels like a long time when you lose that coin flip but it it really isn't that long and it's definitely worth it if you don't have the money to purchase bombs mm -hmm. that's a good call about going up to the grove i actually hadn't thought about that i usually get pretty lucky uh, i've found but you know of course since i said that that has come to a screeching halt um, okay, so that is a guaranteed bomb. Uh, buying them for 50 ru rupees in Kakariko, that is a guaranteed bomb. Uh, and everything else is a check. You know, it's either a, a prize pack or a tree pull of some sort. Um, the bush crab or, you know, one of the actual checks that you're, that you're checking along the way. Uh, so it's just a matter of like, to me, it kind of boils down to what's the which route is going to provide the maximum amount of opportunities for me to get a bomb and or 50 rupees as kind of like a, a close second uh, for, you know, for, for me to feel like the, that's most comfortable to be my opening route. So that's kind of how I'm picking mine, I guess. And uh, what I've been doing is this sank route where you've got the chest and sanctuary, the tree crab, the tree pull 
another tree pool if you need it, if it does, is bombs or, or if it's rupees, you know, uh, if it's five rupees, then there's a really good chance you're going to have, you'll have 40 then with those two tree pools and then you can get another 10 usually pretty easily in one of those chests. Um, so you've, and then you've got the two in the forest uh, after that. Uh, and then you could even gamble and press your luck a little further if you wanted to by going down into Kakariko and looking at some of those open chests. So that's, I guess, why I like Sank um, is because it gives you so many opportunities to get bombs. Um, and then at the end, if you don't get it, like, you know, by the end of the forest, like Herf was saying, you just save and quit to Tim, uh, <laughs> Tim's house, <laughs> which it's <laughs> always called when I play. So I assume that's what it's called for everyone else. Uh, and then, you know, head uh, west and try to get your bombs from the grove. And then it's kind of similar from there. So, um, yeah, that's hopefully I, I think that kind of ends that. I mean, unless we want to talk about what to do in Kakariko. Um, I mean, I, I'm really just kind of wondering what your wife thinks of only having one bed and living with your uncle. But that's, you know, that's a different <laughs> story, probably. Uh, I mean, you know, it's cozy. Uh, she she li- she actually lives in the secret passage. No, who am I kidding? She lives in the castle. Yeah, that's uh, more yeah. like it. Yeah, she lives in the castle, and I, by her grace, live in the house just right down the right down the way uh, with my uncle. Uh, yeah, if you... Tim's uh, rando intros are also different. It doesn't say "look at that skeleton on the throne." It says "look at Tim's wife on the throne." <laughs> yeah, that's her. <laughs> that's my beautiful wife. She is mm-hmm. a skeleton, but she's a queen. You know, so yeah, I mean. Got to take what you can get. Absolutely. Uh, so that's Sank Route. And um, a- a- again, just to kind of stress, you know, you could kind of do like this Sank Route and then go to uh, the, you know, forest checks there and then bail and do like Uncle. You know, like I- it would be kind of weird, but like you can kind of cobble together your own sort of, you know, route based on these kind of more standard routes that you see. These, these you know, three that we've kind of outlined. Um, I did want to say one quick thing I was looking for before and I just finally found uh, this really handy guide to all of the places in Hyrule that have a 50% chance of giving you a bomb. Um, And I did want to make sure that we just mentioned this because uh, in addition to that South Grove area that, you know, has those two that are 50-50 that's kind of right on the way to Kakariko, there is one to the north of Kakariko that you might want to try to use. There actually uh, is are a few in Kakariko um, that are worth trying out too. It's just that to you know leave and come back for those screens takes a little bit longer than it would for the South Grove. So that's why I, I think that's why you don't see those used very often. Another thing to keep in mind with these is some of them require a glove, and some of them require a hammer. Totally. So yeah, that's, that's a yeah. Good point. it's it's very um, you know it's kind of up in the air of whether or not you're going to have that. But if you do, it's definitely good to have this in your arsenal because especially that one north of Kakariko near the fortune teller shop, I've seen that bail out a ton of people because if you have no money but you got a glove and you're leaving Lost Woods, well, you can 50-50 farm that rock, you know, a bunch of, as many times as you feel comfortable enough. Yeah. So I I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned that because I I do think that if you have a really good understanding and awareness of what these are, and like Dante said, you know, you've got the gloves or the hammer or whatever's needed. This this could be a really nice option to uh, save you having to do something goofy in your opening rounds. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, so with that, I guess the last one, Dante, you've got here. I don't I've never actually seen anyone do this, but I can definitely I'm interested to hear like an argument for it. So you know? this one is kind of for 
in my opinion, for newer players uh, who may want to, you know, potentially buy a lot of potions down the line or just want to make sure that they've kind of got their butt covered, you know, like not take any really early risks, if you want to call it that. Um, this is really popular with a lot of folks in SMZ3 just because of, you know, and I know that's a different game, but regardless, if you start at Sanctuary and don't check the Sanctuary chest, you can, but if it's flippers, it ruins this whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. You'll see some people not check that, and the first thing they'll do is exit Sanctuary, head east, and then you want to walk up uh, to, we call it in, in Entrance Rando, you kind of call it the Useless Fairy Dropdown. Because uh, basically, if you drop down the little bush that's covering a hole, it would put you where fairies are and you leave. Um, but what you can do is enter that cave that it connects to at the top right, um, exit out of it, and do a jump down, kind of, don't walk down the, uh, the, the plank, if you will, but like to the side of it, you can just kind of walk downwards, you'll end up jumping down into the water. Well, you don't have flippers, so it takes you out of it. If you repeat that three times... Um, after the third time, you can walk over to the bush, pick it up, and fall in. And this kind of gets into, like, Houlihan territory, but that's what this is for. You're going to basically do a Houlihan play here, and it puts you in the Chris Houlihan room, as it's called, and there's a bunch of blue rupees on the floor. So you can come out with 225 rupees, and when you exit, you'll be at Link's house. And you could decide to walk back into Link's house, or you could get the rupees, save and quit, and pick a, a route, you know. Uh, you know, one, yeah. one of the other opening routes. But, you know, at that point, you're just kind of like, you know, I'm rich. And, you know, I've got 225 rupees. I don't have to worry about bottle vendor. I don't have to worry about buying bombs. You kind of just, you know, you're set for a little while. And if Zora comes into play, it's a little better. You know, just here in Link to the Past Rando, most likely you're going to get money for bottle vendor most times. But not always. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a more time investment to do this route. It's more of a time investment. But... Um, if you're worried about these opening things and you just want to get used to the game, this is kind of a good way to start. And then you can kind of see how the Houlihan thing works by doing, uh, or the Houlihan room works by doing that little drop down thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank you for that explanation of how to do it. I think that was a good, uh, refresher to have, cause it's been a little while since we outlined that. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> I can uh, I can definitely see why you know why that could be a valid way to start off a run to just Im immediately get a bunch of money, especially if you're playing retro. If you happen to be playing retro for some reason, yeah, uh, this this would be a really great uh, recommendation. I would I think it would be a really great way to start off that seed because you do need rupees so desperately for keys and arrows and things. So. Um, yeah, that's good though. And then from there, like you said, you could you're right at Link's house. You can choose to go in there, or you can do Sank, and then it's pretty much the same. But uh, um, yeah, a little bit of Zora insurance. I like that. Um, cool. And then I guess just to kind of put a cap on on open mode. Uh, once you've completed all three of these, or enough of these to where you've got some more items, uh, commonly another area you'll see people go will be South Hyrule. Um, that's usually sort of the next stop after all of these to go to the mini moldorm cave which is gonna have five but again you need to have at least one bomb uh and a way to kill four mini moldorms which again could end up just being a bombs you know that ends up happening pretty frequently for folks um and then you've got the whole south shore where you can maybe choose to do a fake flipper and all those things or, or if you actually have the flippers and the ice rod cave uh and then sometimes you'll see people head over to eastern at this point especially if you find an early bow um uh, I guess maybe desert, but that's getting a little, you know, 
a little weird. Yeah, we're definitely uh, in playing the game territory yeah, here. That's, yeah, that's playing the game territory. You know, and unfortunately, you can't start at the mountain, you know, until you rescue the old man. And that's definitely in playing the game territory. And I, yeah. I will say, if you find a way to begin your game at the mountain, then please ping a racing council member and let us know how you did it. I, I would be very interesting <laughs> to hear it. That would be quite an investigation. <laughs> yeah. Seems like we're close, honestly, with all the, like, the Unkin quit we talked about last time yeah. and all these, like, weird mm-hmm. warps. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up the conversation on open starts. Uh, now, as I mentioned, Dante was good enough to put together uh, just kind of a brief primer on uh, useful starts for some of uh, some additional modes. Before we get into anything too crazy, let's start with a, a alternate mode that people are pretty familiar with. Uh, let's start with standard mode. I mean, standard um, mode, you get one choice. And yeah. <laughs> you start at the house, but yeah. the, so you do escape, obviously. Yeah, right. Like, and don't yeah. don't do the sign, don't do the tree pull. It doesn't work. I, I don't think. Um, it's out. You can't even get in there to pull the tree. Yeah, I mean, you can after you do uncle, but like, yeah, it's really not worth your time investment. Um, even if you can do it, I don't think Rain State allows it. But I, I guess I should try that now. The, here's the thing with the uh, <laughs> the opening. Obviously, you want bombs, but. This is something, I mean, I think we've talked about it on the podcast in the past, but there is a link to the prize packs. And with V31, the prize packs are the same packs that are in the vanilla game. Now, those are randomized throughout the enemies, but you can kind of, if you know your prize packs, you know what's going to potentially come down the line. For instance, um, I believe if you see one that starts with, say, um, with magic, you're, you you know if you keep killing if you kill a guard and get magic and you keep you know uh, killing them you're gonna keep getting more magic like no bombs are gonna come from that pack what you want is for uh, a pack to have bombs in it and if so then great keep killing enemies till you get them because you're gonna want back of escape but otherwise you want to do back of escape like you normally do um, obviously if you're if you're on like a a limited resource weapon such as the fire rod. Uh, or the bow, or the, you know, Cane of Samaria, or Burna. Be mindful of that, um, and know your enemy prize packs. That's kind of the only thing, really, that matters a whole lot with your opening route there. Hmm. Yeah, and we'll, like you said, we'll definitely put a link to that in the description. It's also relevant, you know, talking about tree poles and bush crabs. Um, it's all kind of the same family of uh, information, so we'll put that in the description. Um, if you have a quick minute, recommend checking that out. Okay, um... Yeah, I think, and you know, once you're done with the escape, then the same sort of stuff we already talked about applies, you know, going to Kakariko or, you know, the woods or how you want to handle that. Just remember that, you know, uh, Secret Escape and um, Castle, or Secret Passageway and Castle Escape are done, so you don't have to worry about them, uh, except for the bomb thing. One big, one big caveat that I learned recently uh, with Standard, just to throw this out there, if, for mm-hmm. instance, you don't get a bomb, and you have to go all the way back through escape again to get your first glove. Uh, apparently, that light cone stays with you. So I didn't know this, but oh. if you have to go back in in standard mode and you don't have a lamp, the light cone is supposed to still be there. And I thought when you left, you would have to either get lamp to go back in or a fire rod or whatever. But apparently, yeah. in standard mode only, that light cone will stay in escape the entire time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I've never had to go cool. back in, but uh, apparently, right. apparently, someone did in a league match not too terribly long ago, and uh, the light cone was there. So that's that's kind of how I learned that. <laughs> interesting. 
Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, some of these uh, less standard modes, I guess you could say. Uh, the next one we have up here is inverted. So if, if we are uh, trying our hand at an inverted seed, uh, what, what are some of the opening plays that you're, that you're going to see people consider? So you've got the house and you've got dark chapel, which is kind of like sanctuary, but not good. Um, so if you start at the house, you know, you still get Link's house chest since that has been so conveniently moved to the dark world. And uh, you could get bombs here, which if you could, if you did, that'd be fantastic. Hype caves right below you. There's six items in there or five items. And, uh, you know, I promise I can count. But that's always a, mm-hmm. a great thing, you know, if you have access to it. Uh, you know, you can also migrate over to Stumpy to the left or to the, you know, and if you've got money, you can always farm money at the, uh, you know, if you've got 20 bucks, you can farm money at the arrow game and potentially go to the dig game as well after you farm money. But a lot of people, a lot of people started with that when inverted came out because that's all we could really think of. Um, Mm -hmm. The, the thing that a lot of people do, and I, this is what I personally do, and I guess since I'm an uncle router and open and inverted, I guess I would invert what I normally do. Um, I'll go, I'll start at the chapel. And the first thing I'll do is you head to the west from chapel, scope that bumper ledge item out to see if you're going to need it because you're going to be going that way anyway. And if you go to the not so commonly used in rando, the Skull Woods area, the big chest drop down. So... Basically, it's in that nine square of bushes. Mm-hmm. If you drop where the item is in the light world, yes, yes, yeah. So if you drop into that, the top left on the top row, the left in the middle, have a bomb guaranteed, one hundred percent, and magic. And then the middle one's the magic. The left one is the bomb. And then those those are two. And then the on the bottom row, the rightmost pot has a bomb, and the middle one has magic. So a lot of people, what they like to do just to farm resources is grab the two at the top, grab the two at the bottom, death warp. And because you're in a dungeon and that's where you entered, you'll respawn right there. So Mm. you could do that until you fill up everything or you could do it just until you have enough for yourself. And then you have a couple options. You can walk to the south and you like from there, check, check a chest in Skull Woods. You're already clearing a dungeon at this point. Um... And you can figure out, like, do I want to check these other chests? There's only two items here if this isn't key sanity. But if it's keys, you've got a lot of value potentially there. So, uh, you know, you could clear as much as you want of Skull Woods. From there, what I like to do, instead of going straight to Village of Outcasts, that's when I've got a guaranteed bomb. I'm going to hedge my bets. I get a little bit of money uh, from Hype Cave or Link's house, and, you know, get the five items out of Hype Cave. I'll do the Stumpy play, potentially farm the money at the um, the Arrow game and Dig game after. Which, you know, there, there's some variations, obviously, to these, and you don't have to do it in that particular order. But th- I, I remember when I first started playing Inverted competitively at, you know, in, what, the fall 2018 tournament. When it was new. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I had no clue what I was supposed to do. Like, what even felt remotely viable as an option. And then once I kind of got this, it was like, okay, this this makes sense. Because if you farm those bombs, even if you go to Village of Outcasts, you know, you may not have any money or may not get any money to do chess game, but you can at least do the brewery because you can blow that open with the bomb. So you kind of have to pick your poison in early mode inverted, I guess, that way. Yeah. 
Interesting. I like that that Skullwood's uh, like bomb fill up method. I, I never would have thought of that. And it's good to know that that stuff is there even for a you know open play. In my opinion, know those bombs are there. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I like this pace. Um, let's keep it going uh, and move on to entrance. So entrance um, is a weird beast. So this would be like your simple shuffle, full shuffle, restricted shuffle, or cross keys. Um, but you want to make sure this is the starting in light world, uh, type of entrance. Uh, and, uh, a lot of people have started doing this route. Um, I, 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 never checked my sources on this. I apologize, but I, I was told that I think for or some other person from PogChamps potentially, uh, like kind of coined this route. And I think it was kind of made popular during the, uh, the cross keys tournament back in 2019, but you want to start at the house and, you know, obviously check that out, the house chest. Uh, the first thing you want to do, though, is if you didn't get flippers from it, head to the south and fake flipper into um, the the little pond, I guess, uh, lobe to the west when you first make that screen transition that has the, the uh, I guess, whirlpool portal in it. And uh, if you fake flipper into that, it'll let you pop out near the witch's hut. Now, if you're familiar with, you know, and hopefully you are if you're playing entrance, if you're familiar with the entrance map or the overworld map, um, the... The Witch's Hut is kind of all out of the way. And unless you get flute, it's really inconvenient to check, like, what's there. So if you do this, you can kind of pop out, go ahead and check your uh, Witch's Hut and see if there's any value there. Who knows? You may find, you know, Pyramid Fairy and you get two items. But that's entrance. It's yet to be seen. Um, from there, what a lot of people will do for the money situation, this is where the Hulahan play comes in. You could either, there's another way to do a fake flipper to the northwest of the witch's hut, and you can swim back across. That's the fastest way if you're good at it. If you're a little slow at it or you're worried you're going to waste a lot of time, you can always walk south or west and then south from that house, um, head across the bridge, and then you go up, check the entrance of that useless ferry drop down, as I was calling it earlier, and if there's something there, grab the items. But if there's not, then you can set up that hula hand play again. Get your money, um, be it 225 rupees. And then from there, you could start back at, you pop out of Link's house and then go farm bombs if you need to from the, uh, the Grove area, as Herf was mentioning earlier as well. So that's, that's kind of what a lot of people like to do. And that kind of flows into some people may just want to go from the house initially and not do that check they may not feel comfortable doing those two fake flippers and just go grab bombs and head to the kakariko area because there's a ton of entrances to be checked there as well but obviously if you take that route you want to make sure you don't leave the witch's hut and you know you can find time to route it in and cool i'll say that this one i kind of made up i call it the sank and see uh, and you basically start sure. at sanctuary and you kind of stick your head out the door to see where you're at because you might be on the pyramid in Dark World, if it's Cross World, and that's uh, that feels kind of bad because the only thing in logic at that point, as far as an item, is going to be the pyramid, and then you're going to be three hearts in Dark World as a bunny trying to dodge a bunch of enemies that may kill you in one hit or you know kill you in two. So it's it's a little tough, but you sometimes that is in logic, and you may be required to do that. Nice. All right. That I, I'm sorry, I can't really contribute to, <laughs> to any of that because I never play Entrance. <laughs> entrance but is I tough. Tr I trust you. I trust you implicitly, and I know that you just gave us some really good information. Cool, okay. 
So uh, was there anything else you wanted to say about uh, entrance or are we ready to move on to our final, our final opening route? uh, We can, we can move on unless Herf has something to add. No, I think you covered it pretty well. I mean, I personally kind of like Tim, I really don't have much to say about this because I try to avoid entrance like the plague. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, With that being said, uh, let's go ahead and cap this off. You told us about inverted. You told us about entrance I think it's about time you tell us about inverted entrance opening routes. Yeah. So, Speaking of the plague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of like your final exam on how do you route. And I say that because in inverted entrance, Link's house can be anywhere. So there's no really good opening route from there. And Dark Chapel can be anywhere too. So good luck. Um have fun playing inverted entrance. Uh, it is, it's not the worst thing. It's also not the best thing. Kind of like inverted. Uh, it definitely feels inverted, man. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, if you haven't played it and you like entrance, I, I will always say give it a shot. But there is no consistent opening for inverted entrance. Really, you're gonna have to make it up as you go. I think. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so you do have a couple of uh, pointers here. I've seen that you've written. Do you want to share those? Uh, yeah, I mean, Link's House. Like I was saying, it can be any non-drop down entrance, and the same thing obviously applies to, um, you know, Dark Chapel. Oh, that's really the only one, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's that's, <laughs> that's it. The only... And the only other one is. Uh, <laughs> I thought there was more. I mean, I wrote down in the outline LMAO. Good luck, because uh, yeah. that's literally how inverted entrance feels to me sometimes. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, um, you just kind of, you know, got to leave wherever you start and then look where you appear in the world and then just, you know, as Dante said, make it up from there. This is where the thing Temp was showing uh, or mentioning with this 50-50 bushes and rocks, knowing those in Light World and Dark World, the Skull Woods thing in Dark World as well, uh, having that in the back of your mind where you can kind of think about that on the fly that's that's good knowledge to have for inverted entrance in my opinion yeah and shout out to trinex i remember them sharing this at least over a year ago um and i haven't really seen any other like handy compendiums of you know collecting all of these he's got screenshots of all of them so shout out to trinex we will of course include this in our description as well and i agree with dante i think the better knowledge you have of these just the more versatile you can be in these like weird heads up kind of modes Cool. Okay. Well, uh, that brings our feature on opening routes to a close. Let's go ahead and do some fetch questions. Woohoo! All right. So our first one uh, this week is from Zylo, uh, a frequenter of our Discord. Shout out to Zylo. Uh, Zylo asked us, Lately, I've realized that while I've learned a lot in the last few months, that my times have gone up. This isn't that surprising due to having life obligations and less time to practice, but still doesn't feel great, especially when I see others that I was on par with are noticeably improving. Is this something you have all experienced? And if so, how did you get over it? I think that's a really good question from Zylo. Thank you so much for sending it over. Um, Let's start with uh, Dante. Dante, what are your thoughts when you hear this question? Well, if you take in here, uh, uh, Rando or not, if you have a skill and you take a, an, an extended break from it and you practice it zero amount, then I don't expect people to improve. So 
it, it's not that something I'm not sitting here saying that everybody should play rando and get real good, you know, but life gets in the way. Uh, I, I'm learning that more, um, you know, now becoming a dad and you have responsibilities in life. Uh, I would always just tell someone, make the most of your time with it and, um, try and potentially, you know, maximize the amount of learning you can in your time. And you don't want to compare yourself too much to others in that regard, because if someone is playing, if you started at the same time as someone and someone's playing 10 seeds a week and you're playing maybe one, the experience there, you're looking at, let's just say two hours or hour and a half on each one. So, uh, basically you're looking at like what, 15, uh, is it 15 hours? Is my math right with 10? Yeah. I feel like an hour and a half for each one. You're looking at about 15 hours, mm-hmm. um, versus your one hour and a half. So it, it, you, I feel like you get what you get back, what you put in, but it's also rando. So, you know, at some point, you know, you've had, you guys have had Wayne on talking about a, a ceiling you're going to hit and diminishing returns that eventually does happen. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I've I've had that happen where I was on par with someone that we were kind of at the same place, and then uh, I had to take a break, and they didn't. They got noticeably better than me, and then at one point they had to take a break, and I kept playing, and you know, kind of closed in on that gap some. So it it's uh, unfortunately it's part of life, but I think that you know there's not there's no magic switch to get better at anything, rando or you know any other skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Herf, where are you at on this? Well, uh, I I can't really say I've personally experienced this, but that's probably because I'm not a super regular player of Rando anyways at the moment. But I think Dante covered most of it. I, I think what's really important to emphasize here again is that there's, I think even in the question itself, Silo kind of answered it in a way. There's like a kind of a 50 50 split probably not exactly 50 50 but you have the knowledge part of your rando plane and you have the practice or the execution part as people like to call it and while gaining a lot of knowledge is very important and very good it can usually can't make up for a lack of execution and execution gets better with practice so how do you get over it? I think you either either have to accept the reality of it if you don't have the time to put into it to you know improve your execution and your <clears throat> and get more practice in. Then you'll just have to live with the fact that your improvements in execution and practice will come slower than someone who has all day or plays a seat every day. And uh, or you just make more time to practice more. There's really no way around it. Hmm. So I've been wearing a lot of tie-dye recently. You guys want to hear the hippie answer? Sure. <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. So, uh, I, I, well, actually, I want to start by saying that Zylo uh, did participate in our mentor tournament last year and uh, has been actively you know, participating in our you know, community races and just generally kind of hanging out. So um, they feel like sort of a friend to me. And I, I, I just want to take a moment to say that I think they're, they're very good at the game. I've seen them play many times. I, I don't think they're bad by any stretch. Uh, and I can definitely relate to, you know, kind of being your own worst critic and uh, going back and looking at your runs me like, I can't believe I did this. Can't believe I did that. Uh, what was I thinking? Like, I'm so bad now. I can't believe I died to cold stare there or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think the answer 
to Zylo's question, at least kind of what worked for me was like not being so hard on myself and just allowing myself to just play the game and have fun. Uh, perfect case in point, I noticed w- the times that I play without a timer, I tend to have better times. And I mean that both in like a better, like I have more fun, a better time playing. And I actually tend to like, I think like, oh man, that must have been like a, what, probably like 155, two hour seat. And I get it back and it's 145. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, I actually did better than I thought I did. The problem is when you have that clock that you're just staring at and glancing over at over and over and, or like a window where you're waiting for a dot done just like the the entire time, it's stressful and you're, you're like more high strung and you're going to be more prone to making execution mistakes and forgetting truths that you know about the game and, you know, second guessing yourself and things like that. So uh, I experienced this too. And I kind of got over that hump, you know, by just relaxing and not trying to worry so much about it. And then, you know, everything kind of just worked out the way it needed to. And I started to see those improvements and more consistently get the kind of times that I saw people around me that I thought were equal to me in skill level, if that makes sense. So that's my yeah. feel good answer. Yeah, and I also think. Oh, sorry. No, go go, no, you go ahead. <laughs> okay, I, I was just gonna say uh, you touched on this earlier. Uh, you can never forget that it's rando, because sometimes I mean, if you're always playing the same seats, then you do have like a base of what you can compare yourself to. But it's uh, you know I know how it feels when someone is like hey I just got a new PB I got my my new PB is like one hour ten minutes and you're like what how do you manage that but you've got to realize you know it's like the perfect storm that's like one out of a thousand seeds and you just super galaxy brain through it and finish it in an insane time but it's not really a fair representation of how good or bad or whatever that person is it's just you know everything came together and worked out. So you might get like 10 seats in a row where you're like, oh, geez, all of these were over two hours. I'm a terrible player. But it just, you know, it turns out the seat kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. It's, it's, it's Rando's going to rando, and I think it's easy to let that get to us. The the only thing I would say, like, in that scenario is, like, or one, one additional thing I would say, because I said a lot, uh, would be if you have time to practice, if your main desire is to get better versus having fun and first i I do hope you're having fun first off um Mm -hmm. but if your main desire is to get better uh you do want to practice the execution type thing herf was talking about the practice hack is a great tool for that kind of drilling things down 40 you know 30 40 minutes in the practice hack with bosses and you know potentially a couple of rooms uh that you could do you know with different equipment obviously can help bring times down because you know, you may have the perfect route in your head. Like, you may have made all the right guesses, but, uh, you know, if you didn't execute correctly, then, you know, your guesses didn't really, I guess, you know, work. So, it, execution's a big part of it. You know, it, guessing right, reading logic, that's one thing, but uh, the execution's also another part of it, too. Cool. Okay, I think that covers that one. Um, now, we have three more fetch questions, but uh, to be honest, the first two, I think we've kind of been asked them already, but we'll, we'll still read them real quick and check in with everyone. 
Uh, and to be fair, this was from, I think, a couple weeks ago when I went into our Discord and asked people for questions because we were about to record. We didn't have any. And then we got so many, we had to bump them. So it's kind of unfair <laughs> to not read them at this point. But yeah. uh, the, fir- the first one is from Sir Lancelot, friend of the show. Hey, Sir, Sir Lancelot, what's up? Uh, and they said, hey, everybody, with the league starting to wind down, we did have some new modes that we tried out this season. But if you could include any mode you wanted in a future season, then what would you include? And I think Inverted we talked about entrance. like what a week like what a week eight would be or something but i'm sorry Herf, what was that inverted entrance <laughs> inverted entrance there you go perfect i know it's your fave uh oh, dancing what's what's your answer now uh not entrance i want all entrance to go away <laughs> out of the league <laughs> dancing just wants every league game to be standard team no i want uh i want more enemizer and um I want swordless. Uh, if I'm being 100 percent honest, I want swordless because we we have everything, but that. And yeah. I, I'm I'm mini tangent. Everybody likes to veto swordless and playoffs, and I'm like, man, that's the only fun mode in the playoffs. So okay, mm. but anyway, <laughs> um, I think the last time I answered this, I said like another open at the end of it would be kind of neat. Uh, I'm gonna change it to uh, co-op Triforce Hunt. I think that would be fun. Ew, oh, wow. that's so volatile, <laughs> but it'd be funny to watch. It would be funny to watch. And, and like, you have to superimpose the Benny Hill theme over it. You know, for <laughs> is, it every is it boot start, too? Because that would... Yeah, boot okay. start. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the, uh, the emulator speed at times two, I think, as well. <laughs> oh, heck <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. We should do that. Uh, cool. All right. Well, thanks, Sir Linklot, for the question. Uh, we had another one from Arusta, who who also, same kind of thing, sent us in uh, a question by request. This one is, have you guys ever thought about doing an episode on SMZ3? It might be really interesting to bring in a Super Metroid expert to help explain SMZ3, some of the common newbie gotchas, the most important Super Metroid tricks to learn, etc. So we touched on this before, but I think it's good to touch in again now. Uh, Herf, I seem to remember you being sort of anti on this. How you how you feeling these days? Uh, I still kind of feel the same. Like it's, I'm not saying we're never gonna do it. I think it's interesting. I'm a huge fan of Super Metroid myself, and I'd like to learn more about the combo randomizer. But for me personally, it kind of feels out of scope for our podcast. We're first and foremost a link to the past randomizer podcast. We touch on some things here and there, like the Zooter tournament finals that we mentioned earlier, or the bloodstained randomizer, you know. But that's more like a news section, short little snippet kind of thing. I think a whole feature on the combo randomizer, especially with an SM expert on who mainly talks about Super Metroid, just feels kind of out of scope for me personally. I'm not, as I said, I'm not saying we're never going to do it and that I'll, you know start lighting the torches and getting out the pitchforks <laughs> if we do yeah but uh it just feels kind of out of scope to me personally that's fair dancy what, what are you i don't think we actually got your thoughts when we first discussed this so what, what would you think as a super metroid expert uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, i was gonna say i dude, mean you definitely could tell us a thing or two about the the whole product listen uh but yeah continue this game's hard like I think it's hard enough describing things I'm super comfortable with, like just in voice with no video, no nothing for like, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way for Link to the Past. I cannot imagine trying to do that with a few of the like tricks that I've learned for Super Metroid. Um, Yeah, for sure. The game is much harder. It's much more punishing. It's a fantastic game. You should play the combo randomizer. But as far as being, uh, I, I would not feel comfortable with the three of us being uh 
leading the way as far as helping people get into combo rando, as far as like a knowledge base, because the biggest thing, like in the biggest gotcha everyone falls to is don't run out of power bombs. Because mm. if you do, you may get soft locked somewhere. There's a lot of places to get soft locked in Super Metroid, and there's no save and quit. So you have to reset, and whatever you've gotten, you're going to lose. Like that, that game's super punishing that way. So um, wow. my biggest thing find someone who knows the game and who has, like, I'm not going to say is great at it, but knows it. I feel like I would qualify as far as knows it, uh, but not an expert at it. So find someone to play co op with, even if it's. Two people who don't know what they're doing. Get a map tracker and do co-op together in voice chat. That is the best way to get into this because of the length of the game sometimes. And it, you know, two brains may be better than one as far as figuring things out. I will say that the SMZ3 Discord is very helpful, very knowledgeable. They have a lot of commands you can run in their training room, like room text channel. Um and it has like it'll just spit back like a bot will spit back uh, spit back tutorial videos for you on how to do certain things like how to do quick charges how to do you know a specific room uh, for a specific trick that is in logic so that's what I would suggest is head to that Discord if you know if you head over there and say hey you guys should make a podcast then you know what it, then <laughs> I, I, I'd listen to it so yeah I would love that I would I would definitely listen to that too. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess just to log my answer real quick, I uh, I do, I have to be honest, I could see us doing an episode on it because I, I think that um, it's close enough, basically, and, and we're at a point, I think, in in our lifespan where I think we've earned the right to, like, reach out a little bit sometimes and do something that's, like, sort of tangentially related. And I personally, you know, like like you guys were saying, I, I Super Metroid, I think, is a great game. It's a lot of fun, but it is hard. So I, I do think it would be cool to have, like, an expert come basically give us, like, a short list of, like, you need to make sure that you are familiar with the following concepts if you want uh, Snowball's Chance in Hell at beating an <laughs> SMZ3 RC'd. You know, from the Super Metroid side of things. Exactly, I think yeah. that'd be cool. But they, it, here's here's the thing, though. We would pre- pretty much be putting, like, all the work on them. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, Dante is going to be able to be very, very helpful in the actual conversation. But this person's, you know, gonna, they have to take it upon themselves to come up with everything and then explain all of it in a way that makes sense and all that, you know. So um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have one of those episodes. I will say it's not on the, like immediate like short list um we don't have any current plans to bring you that episode but i wouldn't be surprised if we didn't do it one day that's what i'll say uh, cool okay uh moving on the last question we have is also from arusta but it was after the last episode came out so i'm not going to read the whole thing but they do say arusta here uh, a few thoughts slash suggestions about the mentor tournament number one this is awesome that it's coming back. Not a suggestion. Just wanted to emphasize that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And then they went on with uh, some other points that, uh, like I said, I'm not going to read all of these. Um, but I will say that there were some really good suggestions. We're definitely going to steal a few of them. Uh, Arusta was involved in the mentor tournament last year. Um, and, you know, uh, given the talk that we had at the beginning of this episode, uh, you know, I hope they're able to participate again. It, again, it all just depends on the skill level and stuff. Because I know Arusta, they're pretty good. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll have to see. But uh, we really appreciate them and uh, the questions that they sent in and just having them in our community and um, hanging out with us. So 
Uh, with that, that'll wrap up all of our fetch questions. So we will wrap up the show. Uh, as you know, you can always send us an email to email at gomodepodcast.com. You can also use the contact form on our site. It might give you an error message, but I promise every time people have told us that it gave an error message, we did receive the message. So you can be pretty confident that we got it. And also, I'm sorry that we have a crappy messaging system on our website. Um, one of these days, I'll fix it. Uh, you can also join our Discord. You know what? That's probably even better. Just join our Discord. You can DM a message to myself or, or Dante or Herf or put it in our questions channel on our Discord. So we'll have a link so you can join that in the description of this episode. Um, if you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you in the form of an iTunes review. Uh, if you want to imagine me getting out my phone about three or four times a day and mindlessly checking to see if we have any new ones and, you know, uh 19 times out of 20 seeing that we don't uh you can visualize that if it makes you feel bad and drives you to leave a review then i don't i don't feel too bad about that um but just know that i am going to be checking that about four times a day just every day if you leave a review last time you know i said uh you know it really helps us out this time you can just leave a five-star review that says hey temp thanking of you and and then it'll it'll make his day oh my god you have no idea i would i would glow after i read that um i don't deserve it you, you don't have to leave me that uh but if you enjoy the show just uh any sort of five-star review we would love to uh hear from you um individual page shout outs uh mine is uh twitch.tv slash temp underscore herfy derfies is twitch.tv slash herfy derfy that guy Dancy was streaming is... the other day i just want to point what? that yeah, out incredible right I, what I, I was having a good time watching that for a few minutes i yeah. need to review my notifications because i was not aware i think it was kind of a weird time for americans maybe i think it, it was, was like early. early morning yeah it was like uh, 8 a.m my time i got up to do work and i was like look herfy derfy's on and so wow. yeah Dang. i've been streaming a little more lately though uh not very random related i was streaming streets of rage 4 you know, since that had just come out and uh-huh. then uh scorchbringer which is like a roguelike kind of game whatever well y'all uh, follow Herfy Durfy. Get those, turn those notifications on. I know I'm going to come say hey next time he's streaming. Uh, and, yeah, and Dante's is uh, Twitch.tv/slash D-A-A-A-N-T-Y. <laughs> God dang it! That's never not going to be my favorite thing of the whole episode. <laughs> it's funny when you can see the like waveforms when I'm saying it too on the recording. It's like psh, 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 like they're really it, separate. It makes A's too. No, no I'm kidding. Kind of does almost, yeah, in a way. Uh, cool. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us this time. Thank you so much for checking out the Go Mode podcast. We look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Uh, and until then, let's go ahead and mirror out. Mirror out.